Welcome to Why We Pass Time, an interview podcast about how we fill our free time and why we do it. Each episode, I'm going to be speaking to someone about their biggest passion. I'm your host, Andrew Denton. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Sia Botelezi, a 26-year-old lawyer from Cape Town, South Africa. Sia is a huge soccer fan, so much so that he even has his own podcast about soccer called The Big Game Show. So... If you find it interesting, I think you should check it out. So I've known Sia for a couple of years now, and he has very diligently tried to talk to me about soccer. And today I thought I would give it a go. Soccer is undeniably the biggest sport in the world. It has an estimated fan base of over 3 billion people, which makes it more popular than hockey, cricket, tennis. And it has also got some of the most passionate fans that you can ever find. I thought it would be a really great way to start this podcast series by talking to one of these very, very passionate fans. I've tried to ask some out there questions and really tried to understand soccer from truthfully a perspective of complete ignorance. So I learned a bit about why people enjoy it and I hope you do too. And we've had a few conversations about soccer. I think I've seen one soccer match with you, watched the <laughs> World Cup. So I was thinking, I was thinking, watching soccer, and not not necessarily playing soccer, but watching soccer. To me, that seems like its own hobby, its own kind of thing with its own culture. And I think you're the biggest soccer fan I've ever met. And you even have your own podcast. About it. <laughs> so, so first off, I do have prepared questions. Awesome. When when did you start watching soccer? And oh, then again, when did you start loving soccer? Yo, um, I think I started watching soccer when I was about seven, eight, maybe even a bit younger. But I remember my dad would, we didn't have a TV at home, so we'd go and watch in like bars and stuff. And my dad would take us every now and again because he was a massive fan of the Brazilian soccer team. So every time they played, we'd cruise with my dad and watch them. And then... I can remember falling in love with soccer when we got our own TV and that was probably at around like nine. Then it was just watching and watching and watching. I honestly can't pin down when the switch was where I started having my own team and, you know, being super into it. But I guess at some point in that like nine, 10, maybe 11 age, it was switched to like, okay, I love that team probably because of some guy that I liked in the team. And then I was sold. Would you say that, like, soccer is a large part of who you are? Like, if you describe yourself, you like, I am a soccer fan, or even I am a soccer, a mm. Brazil soccer fan. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it down to soccer. I'd say I'm a sports enthusiast. Okay. So I think, so I, I definitely, even when I interview for work on my CV, it's very clear that I'm a super sports enthusiast person who still likes to play a bit, but watches a shitload. So why, like, why is soccer... Because soccer is one of the, it's probably the most popular sport in the world. Mm-hmm. Why do you gravitate towards soccer? I mean, what, what makes it different to you at least than cricket, to hockey, water polo? Is it just that it got you early? I think so. I think it, it, got, it got me early. It's also a simple sport. Um, the reason I think it's the biggest sport in the world is because it's, a, it's an everyman sport. I mean, you just need a pair of boots to play professionally. When we were playing, when we were younger, we'd play barefoot. So you literally just needed a ball 
what, 50 rand back then and you've got yourself a game of soccer. Whereas you look at other sports like your crickets and hockeys and everything else and it's a bit more expensive, it's a bit more exclusive to a person that can afford to be in that in that sport. But with soccer, it's just, it's like universal language. You just have a ball and we'll go and kick around. And I think it's, the beauty of it is you get countries like us, African countries, Brazil, um, Mexico, countries who may be really struggling in terms of like governance and normal everyday political, you know, socioeconomic stuff. But football is so simple and so easy that a bunch of kids just need a, a ball. So you go to any township in South Africa where white people haven't been there are probably thinking it's probably so terrible there. I guarantee you, you'll find a bunch of kids playing football, having the best time of their lives before their parents call them and before the sun goes down. So that's the beauty of it is that you don't need anything but this ball to, for them as well, take you away from the life that they're probably living around them and everything just to enjoy that, that what you're doing for an hour. So that's the beauty of it for me. I think it's, that's why I say it's a universal language. Everyone kind of just, we, we speak the same language when it comes to football. It's all, all love, all happiness. And then when we get away from that, you get back to reality. Whereas again, with something like cricket that I love to bits, you're not going to go into a township in South Africa and find a bunch of kids playing cricket because they need access to a pitch, the bat, the ball and everything like that. It also requires the least amount of like expert skill. So you, you get very few people that can just pick up a hockey stick and just start hit, hitting hockey balls for fun. But someone who's never kicked a soccer ball can definitely join a, so, a social game and have a fun game of soccer. So for you is watching soccer and supporting your local team and going to a bar and watching you know, the World Cup, is that uh, inexplicably intertwined with playing soccer? Could you get someone who loves to watch soccer but never played it in their life? Do you think those go hand in hand? I think they do, but I know they don't. So you, you can get someone who's just a fan and doesn't play soccer. Um, I always think that that kind of, it affects your understanding of the game. I think if you haven't been in there, it's difficult to know what someone in the situation will be doing. Or But you do get guys that are super, super massive fans that, some of them have never kicked a ball. Some of them have, but they don't do it anymore. Or So I don't think they go hand in hand, but I always think it makes the experience of watching better if you've played the game as well. So, I mean, you, you've talked about like how when people are younger, they play soccer and they go home and watch soccer. Mm. Um, if someone didn't do any, either of those things, say they, they're from Mars, they come down to Earth, how would you pitch soccer to them? Like, how do you pitch? Listen, you've got 24 hours in a day. This is why you should spend it either playing or watching this game. Or is it just like Stockholm Syndrome? You like it. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it's... To someone who isn't a soccer fan, soccer is actually also... I think it's quite a... When you don't like it, you really don't like it because it's glamorous and it's got big earners and big stars and people who trip and they wrap them in bubble wrap, those guys go down and they act injured half the game. So people who aren't soccer fans will think all of that's like bullshit. So it's hard to have a conversation with someone who doesn't like soccer about why they should invest in soccer. It's, it's weird. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really pitch it to anyone. I've never thought of that. I guess I'm not that kind of fan. I don't really care what you watch, who watches it. I enjoy it. And that's... Could you help me kind of understand what are the levels of being a soccer fan? Right? I'd say the first would be you see it's maybe the world cup comes around you get talked to go into a bar and watch the game yeah. maybe well, what's what would be the next step of being a soccer fan 
like that that for me isn't really a soccer fan that's okay, someone who's yeah. that's someone who's into sports so when there's a world cup they'll they'll watch so when the olympics are on i'll 100% watch you saying bold sprint but i'm not going to watch anyone else around the whole you yeah. know so i wouldn't call myself a like a olympic fan or or a fan of 100 meter sprint sprinting i'm just a guy who watches the really big events i think you become a fan when you start to follow something within the sport whether it's a person whether it's a, it's a team a brand even maybe you're really into nike and you like their kids and you try and buy all of their kids when you start to follow something within the sport i think that's when you become a fan and then the degree of how much you follow that is what makes you go up the the the, the levels i mean sometimes when united lose i honestly like my girlfriend and i won't talk i'll be so pissed off that like the house will just go into a <laughs> like so, a dead awkward silence and like so it, yeah it affects you it, so it, it affects me emotionally so, yes so like a soccer fan you would say like gives themselves more than just like time and like emotional yeah you, you're emotionally invested that's exactly it yeah you're emotionally yeah. invested and what happens on the tv isn't just it feels like it means more to you than that and i don't know why because it doesn't affect my life at all yeah. <laughs> but it feels like it means more to you than just a result is is there like an ideal soccer fan like an ideal because there's lot i've heard read lots about how people say the ideal soccer fan is someone who like follows their team ride or die like spends <laughs> you know goes to all the games in person yeah. you know spends money on merchandise like what is that the ideal soccer fan do you I'd, buy into that i i i would if i could i mean i'm not massively into south african football i've i followed vaguely but I'm more an English football fan. I think what like most South Africans are. So it's difficult for us to be like that. So that's why that's not really my idea of an ideal fan. But if I were in England definitely because I think the amount that I love the club I support at the moment, I would definitely have a season ticket. Yeah. And I definitely want to buy their merch because also all of those things are bringing money into and out of the club. So you're actually having an impact there. You're actually having a an impact in your in your club's future whereas from where we're sitting now we can only watch when you're in england and you're in the thick of things i think those fans actually affect things and they actually have a say and they you know so i think that for them is the ideal fan but for us from here i just think supporting as much as you can almost is... so, so how do you like inter interact with this thing that's happening on tv like how besides i know you've told me stories of you kind of like willing them to win <laughs> like lucky charms yeah. and stuff do you believe in like lucky charms? Not really. Um I can be a little bit superstitious. Like if I wear this shirt today and we win, I'm wearing that shirt again next week. Yeah. Type of thing. <laughs> but, but I mean, I wouldn't say I believe in it because I don't I know it doesn't affect anything, but we we all about bragging rights. That's our prize money. Yeah. From here. So that's that's the big thing is we'll all pull away from the game when the game's done and you'll have arguments with friends you guys will argue about who the best players are you'll argue about your teams so ultimately we watch the game for what i guess i can call bragging rights and that's all we get out of it so i think once you get there and you start to understand that then you're really invested once i when i watch my team play my brother's team for example i want us to get that win so that i can give him that phone call afterwards and be like yeah you fucking saw that you know that's <laughs> So it stopped. So though it is like it's literally happening, like in another continent, it it's like personal to you because, in, in, in like a fun version of tribalism, let's say, mm. you know, it's so it becomes personal to you, and then 
you've got other people that are that, kind of in the same exactly. game of supporting. Exactly. And it's fun for 90% of the time, but like you can hurt people's feelings. Like <laughs> it, it does. I've been in many an argument, many an argument where you and a mate are just like, you know what, actually I'm out. I'm not enjoying this. Fuck off. And they just, you know, and you guys don't talk for like a day or, and sometimes you'll, Sometimes it gets a bit much, so I, I won't phone a friend to brag if we've really yeah. taken their team, th- their team through the mud. It's kind of like, okay, I know he's going to be pissed off. So we, we know how emotionally invested we all are. We even, you even consider your mate's feelings when you think, okay, no, that was too bad for me to phone him and kind of gloat about. Let me let, me let that one go. We'll chat about it when I see it. Well, let, I, I can't believe I didn't ask you this, but what, is your, what are your teams? Were you... I'm a Man United fan. That's that. And then international? That's it. That's in England. So I mean, like, international, you don't, do you follow just nope. Man U? I just watch, I watch World Cups and I watch the African football. I used to be a Kaiser Chiefs fan, but I'm reluctant to call myself that now because I don't watch enough of the, of the South yeah. African game. So I'm a United fan. Only. What's, what's, like, what are your, like, what would have to happen for you to be, take away your Man U uh, supporters card? To consider yourself, listen, I'm no longer a man you fan. I don't think I could. The difference was when I was supporting Chiefs, I was still younger. So it was, as much as it was, I was a fan. Um, I think when you're younger, you're not understanding what's happening yet. You're watching every a game every now and again, but you more just like someone on the TV. So you're like, okay, I'll support that team. Whereas now at this age, I think I'm fully invested. Like I'm... I'm super invested in I can't think of a situation where I'd be... <laughs> just want the audience to know that Sia is shaking. <laughs> He's shaking with passion. Um, uh. So I don't know. I can't think of a situation that where I'd have to I mean, kind of take off the jersey and be like, yeah, I'm done with this team. And when you're properly invested, it's almost impossible to, to move. Like, I would not let any of my friends come to me and say, oh, I support this team now. There's no way. What do you mean you support this team now? What do you... Then that to me is telling me that you're not really a fan. You just... So loyalty is a big thing. Yeah, it's massive. What values do you think you or someone gets from watching soccer as diligently as you do? Um, I think a break from life. So I think you... You get away from everything happening around you and it's just that you're in the TV for a while or maybe some mates, but you and that team... And honestly, if, if that goes well, it can start your week. Like you can't believe, like you can just, so yes, there's times where it goes badly, but even when it goes badly, you may be bleak afterwards, but you did get an hour and a half break from the world around you, which I think is important for anyone. I mean, my, I think that's why we do most of the things we do. I think that's why we do things outside of work. It's to kind of try and switch that part of your brain off. So I think football does that quite nicely for me. Do you, do you think about soccer, like, a lot? Like, do you think about it when you're not watching? Definitely, but I don't know if that's because of me or because of my social my socials, because football's all over my, my, like, if I go on Instagram and I go into my, what's it called, your little search icon, you explore, Yeah. lots of the stuff that shows up will be sports-related, so... Also, the people you hang out with. Yeah, so on a day-to-day, I'll spend, yeah, large chunks of my day talking sports. When I get to the office... There's a guy at the office who will chat sports with for a good like half hour before we start working. Does soccer, sports, does that well ever run dry for you? No. I think it's also nice that 
it's not just something that I can't touch. It's not, it's tangible. I can go out and play and do these things, which makes following it a bit more fun for me. I don't know if, if that makes sense, but you see someone do something on TV and you think, oh, okay, I'm going to go try that tonight on the, well, on the soccer field with my mates. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something that's, that's so far removed from you that you could never do it. Um, like, I mean, the example I can make is following Hollywood stars when you, you know, you, you, you're not, you're just a regular person. It's, it's something that you could maybe never experience in your life. Whereas I've experienced playing football. I've experienced winning a trophy. I've experienced all the adrenaline that comes with it and all the pressure and everything. And like, so you get the stakes. Yeah. So I get, yeah. I get the stakes in, in, in a way, not as, not as hectically as they do, but yeah. And Man U is locked in like an eternal battle with like a few of the other clubs. You know, it's constantly shifting up and down. It's never gonna. There yeah. will never be an end. Well, do you see an end to soccer? <laughs> never. No, it's no. the end of time. Does does that story still grip you? How how do you kind of deal with the fact that it's it's never going to end? Or <laughs> are you are, do you love that aspect of it? I do. Um, it's it's weird though because you talk about. I, I think you touched a bit on like the history of the clubs. We we're not as invested in that part of it. We've kind of built our own little history. So. If you talk to someone my age who's supporting a club in England from South Africa, they'll probably tell you a history that starts from like the early 2000s, maybe even mid, mid like 2005-ish, you know? Um, so we won't go as far back as like what happened back then, but our, our little history is built more on just the past 10, 15 years. And it's, I love it because there's literally, there's honestly clubs that you, you met Rudy last weekend. He supports Liverpool and when they win, I honestly do not want to talk to them. Like, when they won the Premier League last season, I didn't want to talk to them. I, just for a good week, I just wanted to stay away from them. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I hate them. Like, I can't stand them. And that's just from this recent history of what's happened between our clubs in the last... Since I've been following football closely anyway. That just so makes it me... Builds. It builds. It builds slowly. And also, it's influenced by what, what your friends around you are doing. So I've had lots of friends that have supported this team. So when they win, the bragging is louder yeah. than any other team to me. So you, you, you start to build more of a hatred or more of a wall against that team. So you're experiencing it in a different way than, say, someone in Durban who's got friends that are all Arsenal. Definitely. So Definitely. you approach it differently. Yeah, I mean, growing up, that was Chelsea because I'm a, that was my brother's team and we lived in the same house. Um, but then there were less and less Chelsea fans around me. So that kind of fizzled out. And now it's Liverpool because lots of my friends support that team and the bragging is louder. So who are the heroes? Does, does soccer have heroes and villains? Yo. I guess it, it's not, not, not on a broad level. So you can't brand someone a hero and someone a villain. It's, it happens... You can be a hero today and be a villain tomorrow. So it's, it's very quick. Um, but the villains of football as a whole in, the, in today's society are the club owners um, who are putting lots of money into it and kind of taking away from, like we we're saying, the, tr- the history of the sport and the sport itself. They're slowly becoming people who are, who people think are trying to take the game away from them and just make money. So what would make football pure to you? And is the sport going away from that is it degrading mm, it's definitely going away from that and it's it's the money so i've got no problem with money but i think it would be great for soccer if the owners who were 
the guys putting all the money into the clubs were also somewhat invested in football and have some kind of a, a love for if the club that's great but just football would be amazing but i think you've got too many businessmen who obviously aren't seeing a sport they're seeing a business opportunity do you ever wish that soccer wasn't as popular as it is wasn't as profitable as it is no it's weird but it's just it's 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 made don't get me wrong it's made the sport amazing like the soccer transfer transfer window and that's when they're not playing off season is still so entertaining that you follow so I follow football when they're not playing <laughs> you know because there's so much money being thrown around so many big names um so I I, I think it's it's cool for it to be profitable and you've got so many people that follow the sport so the profits are all because of the fans it's not i think people forget that all the profits from football are because of the fans they get good licensing rights on tv because there's millions of us watching they make lots of money because we're in the stadiums and we're buying shirts etc etc um so even though it's profitable the powers that be shouldn't really take advantage of that because their gain is because of people's love for the sport if that makes sense yeah so I think they just need to be aware of that. What is something about soccer that maybe even the people that know soccer are not into it enough for you to talk about it? That you wish that you could drop into a casual conversation and just tell someone about? Yo, like I said earlier, I think it's quite a simple sport. But so for purposes of answering your question, actually, something's just popped into my mind now. Lots of people think, like I said earlier, they think football fans are always jumping over each other and faking injuries and doing this and that. And I don't think lots of people understand why that is. I don't think people have dived into why that happens in the game. Um, and I, I have a little bit. I think it's the ref's fault. I think you can get very badly injured in football, so often they jump over each other's tackles. There's gamesmanship. So it's, it's something that when you say to people, they just think, oh, you know, no, it's faking, it's faking. And I often go, not necessarily. It's a guy who's trying to avoid getting injured. <laughs> you know, you're not going to let someone come running into your knee if you can jump out of the way and avoid it. Um, and then you fall over and doing that and people say you are diving or faking. And no, it's avoiding a collision. Um, so I guess something like that. But also just tactics. I think lots of people don't appreciate football tactics. They just watch the game. What would you say is your worst moment as a soccer fan? Easy question. Um, and any soccer fan or who's into English football will know this. And any United fan would probably agree with me. Um, I, I'm not sure what year it was, but we lost the league in the last 30 seconds of the league. So what happened was all the games on the last day are played at the same time. Um, and we needed City to draw their game or lose and we win to win the league. And they were tied... And our game was finished. We had won our game. So now we were all watching to see if it was going to finish as a tie. And in the last 30 seconds, in like the last movement of the game, they scored a goal. <laughs> it was honestly the worst footballing moment of my life. Like, was it weird to be like, like cheering for nothing to happen? Like no goals, no, like for it to be a tie. No, you do that often. You do that often in, in, in sports where you... It's kind of, I guess, like wishing bad upon someone else. You do that often. You watch a game where you want someone to lose or you don't want them to score. Um, and what, how do you feel? Like, what did you do afterwards? 
I can't remember what I did, but I was like, I was bleak. I was flipping bleak. So what's the coolest thing you? What's the best moments of soccer you've ever seen? Yo, um, I don't want to think about it too much. I'm gonna. Uh, the first yeah, that jumped to my mind yeah. was um, the first goal in the 2010 World Cup when we played here in South Africa. Simpio Chabalala scored that goal. That was one of the. That's. I guess it jumped into my mind immediately. So it must be one of my favorite footballing moments. But see, that's amazing because I mean. He's not the world's most skilled no. soccer player, right? But he's a South African in 2010 South African World yeah. Cup, so it, emotion wins out, right? Yeah, and 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 for, it, that's exactly it. For the first time, it felt like it's football, but it's also home. Like it's, I'm I'm really now I'm really affected by this. This is home. This is happening right here across the road. Whereas as much as we love it, it often does feel like England's a bit far. For, for things like massive celebrations, like when your team wins a big trophy, you watch the guys in like the pub celebrating and you like flip. And I was just sitting on my couch. Like I love this team so much, I could have been there. Whereas for the 2010 World Cup, we had that experience in South Africa where we were all watching at a mate's house, we at a fan park and having beers and celebrating like it was crazy. So that was quite cool. So to end, I think I don't have any more questions. Unless you have something that you're dying to tell someone, <laughs> a captive audience about soccer. <laughs> um, what's when? When are you gonna? When are you gonna interact with soccer next? Today. Like for, yeah. So when? What time? What um, are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what time the games are, but they probably start at three. So on a day like this, if my girlfriend allows it, I'm gonna go get snacks, six pack of beers, and go sit there from three o'clock until like eight nine ish. <laughs> If, if she allows it, but <laughs> I'd highly doubt it. Well, I hope you have a good time. Thank you, Drew. So this is my first podcast, so the audio quality and the editing might be a bit wacky at times. But if you like it, or even if you have any critique, please let me know at www.pt.podcast.com at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.